Friday, welcome to the Friday version of the Daily Walk. You've made it another week. Way to go. And today we are in Acts 24 through 26, talking about Paul's trial. He's finished three mission trips. He returned to Jerusalem, and he's preaching the gospel message, but the Jews that are there don't like this message about a Messiah who rose from the grave. Remember, they're the ones that put the Messiah in the grave, but the Messiah rose again, and they don't like that message. And that's who Paul is talking about. And since Paul once was one of their companions, they see him as an adversary. So they arrest him. They've tried to kill him more than once. So now he is in prison and he is going before Felix. So the story picks up with Felix and Felix, yesterday I hinted, is uh, he likes to have his hand patted. So Felix is meeting in chapter 24 with the people in Jerusalem. And he calls the leaders to come in. And so he gets them there and they get to say what their issue is. And they say, you know, hey, you've done really nice things for us and protected us and uh, kept us safe all these years. And uh, so we have this charge against him. He comes, Paul comes into our temple and he starts riots and he desecrated our temple because he's a ringleader of the cult known as the Nazarenes. I highlighted that because I am from the Church of the Nazarene and in our general assembly where the Church of the Nazarene meets globally every four years this past June, one of our leaders spoke of what it means to be a Nazarene and it really reflected on the fact that Jesus was known as the Nazarene because he came from Nazareth, and Nazareth were people that were known as less thans. And so we're the people that help each other. We're the people that uh, try to do things and watch out for each other. And it just had a real great meaning in it, and you can find that message on YouTube if you just search General Assembly 2023 Church of the Nazarene. 
So he's being accused of this. Tertullus is the one hearing it right now, and then he takes it to uh, Felix. And Tertullus says, I understand. And so, Paul, what do you say? So Paul says, this isn't true, you know. He says, I never started a riot. I was just there offering sacrifices, and the men there caught me offering sacrifice because I had some of the Jews with me from Asia. None of this is true. I did never started a riot. I was just praying. Nothing there was happening like they say. And so the big issue is I believe in the resurrection of the dead because the Jesus I serve is not dead. He is alive. So Felix joins in, and he's like hearing all this, and Paul's like, I'm glad you're here, Felix, because I know you're familiar with the way, which, you know, is the whole story of Jesus and the Jesus followers. And he wanted to start telling his story again. And he's like, Felix is like, just wait till Lysias gets here. And then I'll decide this. And he ordered Paul to be in custody. But he said, give him freedom and allow his friends to visit and take care of him. Because Felix knew that all this was hubbub. So Felix takes care of him and keeps him. So a few days later, Felix comes back with his wife. Paul starts telling him the story and starts witnessing to him about Jesus Christ and telling him about how to live righteously and live in self-control. And, you know, Paul's just witnessing the whole thing he does about being Gentilian, right? It's telling his witness to people who are other than Jews, right? And so Felix is afraid. Or in other words, convicted because he knows that the stuff Paul is telling him is real because he knows the way. Remember, Paul points out that, hey, I'm glad you're here because you know the way really good. And then... Because he's convicted, he says, all right, go away for now. When it's more convenient, I'll call you again. See, what Felix is doing is he's calling Paul in and out, in and out, because he's waiting for Paul to give him a bribe, because Felix is all about hidden agendas. Felix knows the message. He knows the answer. He knows Jesus is the way the truth to life, but he's got a hidden agenda on how can I get my palm padded? What will you do for me? You know, it's what have you done for me lately complex. And it's like, how many of us really, I mean, that's sometimes how we go to church. Because we go to church and we, we sit, because I always talk about givers and takers, there's people that go and they give to the Lord all their worship and all their heart and all their strength. And they worship with open minds and they go 
ready to receive whatever the Lord has because they're given of themselves to receive whatever they can in a blessing that the Lord has for them. And then there's takers who go and take whatever's available for them. And if they're takers, then they go with a mindset of what have you done for me lately? What are you going to do for me today? How are you going to entertain me today? And when we go with a taking mindset, then we're not able to receive the full blessing the Lord has for us because we go with an evaluatory mindset instead of an expectation mindset, an expectation mindset of expecting a movement of the Holy Spirit. And so Felix has this evaluatory thing. He's going there looking for money instead of, or a bribe of some sort instead of really listening to the movement of what he's talking about in the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit, you know, which is bigger, prompts him that he's, look, man, you got to change your values. You got to change your way. He gets frightened and convicted. So he put, sends Paul away. So this goes on for two years. Can you imagine that? Two years of this. But here's the thing. Paul's protected because Felix knows that these angry Jews are going to try to kill him if he were to send them back to Jerusalem. But after that, Festus comes into the picture, and he's taken over for Felix. And so since Felix wanted to have favor with the Jews, he keeps Paul in prison, so he's kind of got a double-sided coin here. And then Festus comes in, and he's trying to learn what this whole thing's about. And when he goes to Jerusalem, and he talks to the leading priests and Jewish leaders, and they're like, send him here, send him back here. Because their plan was to ambush and kill Paul on the way back. But Festus was like, he's in Caesarea now. We're not going to send him back. You guys come to Caesarea and tell, tell me your problem here. So Festus goes back to Caesarea after visiting them because he's got a good idea. Hey, these people, <laughs> they, they want nothing but harm for this guy, and I don't even know what's going on. So Festus has Paul brought in. Paul comes in, and the Jewish leaders from Jerusalem arrive. So here we go again. And they start throwing their accusations, accusations. And then Paul's like, no, I'm not guilty of any crime these people are talking about. And so Festus, he's not going to hear this back and forth thing. So he stops the, the back and forth and he says to Paul, are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before them? There? And, you know, that's like sure death. If he was to go back to Jerusalem, I mean, they've already plotted to kill him along the way back. And now Festus is saying, are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there? Which he knows. We know if he goes to Jerusalem. I mean, they already killed Jesus there. And Jesus rose from the grave. But Paul knows that 
the Lord told him he would speak the gospel in Rome, right? So Paul's like, no. This is the official Roman court here in Caesarea. I need to be tried here. No one has the right to turn me over to these men just to kill me. I appeal to Caesar. Well, you know where Caesar's at, right? Caesar, who is like the Roman emperor, is in Rome. What did the Lord tell Paul in a vision when all this started? You will be safe. Don't worry. You will go to Rome and you will spread the gospel message in Rome. Isn't that awesome? And so it's like the Holy Spirit just puts the words in his mouth. No, you're not going to go back to Jerusalem so you can just be slaughtered and killed. You're going to go to Rome. Remember, I said that, and I'm going to protect you. No harm will fall you. Don't worry. And then he just gives him the words, I appeal to Caesar. And so Fester says, very well, or Festus says, sorry, Fester, that's like Adam's family. <laughs> sorry. Festus says, very well, you've appealed to Caesar, then to Caesar you will go. So pretty soon, it's not there yet, but pretty soon King Agrippa comes, and he's talking to Festus, and he's like, what's all the hubbub going on here? And Festus says, well, we got Paul here. He's a prisoner that Felix had because the Jewish leaders have all this controversy going with him because he talks about some man that... They say died, but he says is alive, and there's all this hubbub going on, and so we're keeping him here, and I was going to send him back, but he said, no, you can't send me back there to die, so he appealed to Caesar, and so since he appealed to Caesar, you know, he's got to go back to Caesar, and so Agrippa says, oh, really? Well, I'd like to hear his case. And so Festus says, very well, you can hear his case tomorrow. So they arrange it all, and Agrippa comes into the scene. And so they got the royal setting, right? Here's Agrippa coming in, and you got to think about the cathedral, you know, the Colosseum, and everybody's standing out there. And, and Paul comes in, and he gestures with his hand, and I have to think he's doing the the, the royal curtsy like wave to the king agrippa and so you're getting the the monarchy system right the emperor then the king then the governors and so he says paul says to king agrippa i am fortunate king agrippa that you are the one hearing my defense today against all these accusations these jewish leaders make against me because I know you're an expert on all Jewish customs and controversies. So King Agrippa is the one who's very well versed in all Jewish customs and controversies. Now listen to this. He's King Agrippa, the number, 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 number. Okay, because remember when Jesus was born, it was a King Agrippa that wanted 
to know where he was and told the wise men, hey, come back and tell me so I can go worship him too. But then the the Lord told the wise men, don't go back and tell him that's a hidden agenda. And so they went back a different way. And then King Agrippa ordered all the boys killed so he could try to put to death the Messiah before he ever got to be the Messiah, right? King Agrippa was the one that thought the Hebrews were making too many boys and back in Moses' day and ordered all the two-year-olds and below killed when Moses was put in the reeds. So the Agrippa line is very well aware of Jewish customs and controversies. So this King Agrippa, number whatever, doesn't say in this version, is very well aware as it's handed down to him about Jewish things. And my guess is because they're so accustomed to what they think about Messiah, Yeshua, he's probably interested in hearing what this controversy is that's got Paul on the brink of death. So Paul goes into a story and he talks the whole story about his trip as he was trying to persecute Christians or followers of the way because he doesn't say Christian yet. And, and then he talks about the road to Damascus when Jesus appeared to him and asked, why are you persecuting him? And then he talks about how Jesus told him he would be the one that goes to the Gentiles to open their eyes. And remember, we always have to remember when Paul makes this clear that when Jesus said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes from the darkness to the light, from the power of Satan to God, he makes that clear to these people because he's speaking to what is regarded as Gentiles. And so he's witnessing to them and showing them that you are the people I'm here to witness to. So he says, so Agrippa, I'm just obeying what the Lord told me to do. And that's why I'm here. And so these Jews got really mad at me because I was preaching this at the temple. And that's what made them try to kill me. So Festus, he's like, what the world are you talking about? Paul, you're insane. Too much studies made you crazy. And Paul's like, no, I'm not, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is the sober truth. And King Agrippa knows about these things because he knew, Paul knew that in the Agrippa line, they're not going to let anything slide about the Messianic anything. And everything Paul has told him is straight from Messianic prophecy. So Agrippa stops him, and he says this one thing. And in this version, he says, do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? There's the word Christian. Now it's out there. But in other versions, we got to look at this. And I want to mention this, even though it's not in your version. It says this, Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. And 
I think that's key. I think that's important for us to see because the really cool thing about that is that through witness, whenever we're witnessing with somebody, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into them with us. And, you know, like Felix, he got convicted and became afraid and and sent us away. There's going to be people that we witness to that the Holy Spirit's going to come into that you're almost making, helping them make a decision to follow Jesus. And in this case, persuade them to become a Christian so quickly. And they're going to turn away from it because they just don't know. They don't know if they can do it. And and I do another podcast called The Reckoning. And if you listen to The Journey, that's uh, several episodes about a health and wellness program my wife and I are in. And it's very, it correlates totally with a life in Christ because whenever people start and make a decision to live and eat healthy, their biggest thing is, yeah, they hear about it, it sounds great, and they don't know if they can do it. So they don't always get into it right away. And it's the same way in the Christian life. If you hear about Jesus and you know he's the answer and that's the missing thing in your life, that's the one thing you want more than ever, people don't always grasp it right away. And that's what's happening right here with Agrippa. So what do we do? Well, Paul says, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am except for these chains. So we keep praying for them. We keep witnessing to them. We keep living Jesus in front of them so that one day they might experience what we experience. And so just because they didn't accept Christ at the moment doesn't mean we walk away from them. We got to keep witnessing to them, discipling them so that they will see what we see. And in this health and wellness plan on the reckoning, that's what we point out is we just keep living it and showing them that if we keep living it, the change is permanent because we made a decision to eat and live healthy. And then people will want what you have. And that's what it's like living for Jesus. If we keep living it, keep executing it, keep showing it, keep living the way Jesus wants us to live. And that's total obedience. That's the sanctified, spirit-filled life. Because people that see people waffle go back and forth, people living with angry outbursts, people living with sexual immoralities, people living a life that doesn't reflect Jesus, but every now and then, they can do that already. That's not showing them the missing link. What they need is to see Jesus. And one of my favorite songs right now is I Speak Jesus. And you know, that's that's what I listen to like every day over and over because I'm in a position right now where I have to speak Jesus. And so Paul is just saying, whether you decide or not, I'm going to keep speaking Jesus because even from these chains, because I hope one day you will decide this. 
and be become just like I am except for these chains. So when he says that, the governor, the king, the governor, and Bernice, which I believe is uh, Festus, a significant other, they all stood and left, and they went out. They took, they talked it over and agreed that Paul really hadn't done anything to deserve imprisonment, and he could have been free. He just has a great testimony. And they're just jealous because he is living the Jesus life. But because he appealed to Caesar, their hands are bound, and he has to go to Caesar. And so that is where we end up today because Paul can't just be freed now because he appealed to Caesar. They have to follow their regulations, and he's going to go to Caesar. But remember, that's not a bad thing because the Lord told him, you will be safe. Don't be afraid. You will speak the message in Rome. And so now Paul's going to get a free, all-expenses-paid trip to Rome to share the gospel message in Rome. And that's where we'll be tomorrow as we close out Acts. So if you're sharing the gospel with somebody today and they are slow to receive it, don't give up. Keep doing it. Live Jesus. Show Jesus. Be Jesus. And speak Jesus so that they too will one day be as you are, a life in Jesus and receive him as you do. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes.